What up, what up, what up? What's going on, good people? It's your boy, Daydrian, and I got my bro. You got your bro, Steve Martin, here on the mic today. We doing it again with the Dre Day Podcast. How y'all feeling this morning, people? How are you feeling today, Dre Day? I am tired, but I'm here. I'm ready to go, excited, and before we get started, I got to say... Even though it's Black History Month, because it's the first. Um, Black History is 365, 24-7. All day, every day. It, we, we're not limited to just one month. And we're definitely not limited to the shortest month. So, how was your weekend, man? What, what, what What's going on? Man, my week has been great. Um, I'm developing some more coping skills, because... Being a father of a teenager is very testing. And i becoming more adaptive as a parent. I realize that this culture of parenting, you need to be more adaptive. We can't use the same rules that we had when we were growing up. So, in a nutshell, I'm getting better every day at it. I still just need some practice, though. Uh, let me tell you, you're never going to get better at being a, <laughs> a father of a teenager because you got another one coming on the way. Uh, in your son, and I got two coming behind the one I already have. Speaking of which, can can I just un- unsubscribe my thirty day trial for twenty twenty one already? Like I'm I'm done with twenty twenty one already. Like I just want to throw it away. There's so much going on. Like even even yesterday, um, I went and played softball. I'm, I'm in the softball league, and like I played horrible. Like I think I had maybe I think I. Like I struck out twice in softball. Like who strike who strikes out in slow pitch softball? This guy. You. <laughs> and and I had like five errors. Like it was it was the wackiest day. And I was just like, oh my gosh! Like I need I need to un- unsubscribe like right now. Like like two weeks ago I needed to unsubscribe when you know everybody started dying off. You know, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to do away with. Well, 2021 already. Your thoughts? 2021 is 2020 part two. Um, we still getting some remnants of yesteryear, you know, and we just try to facilitate our way through what we can. And I'm sorry about that slumpy game you had. I know you're going to get better, though. Oh, yeah. That's the only way to do is get better. So we about to dive right into the NFL. So, but before we talk about the Super Bowl that's coming up, we gonna we gonna air out. We're not gonna say air out some laundry, but we are gonna talk about some stuff that's gonna you know kind of make you put things in perspective. First things first, Deshaun Watson has finally come out and said that he wants to be traded, and this was announced. All, this was announced already like weeks ago, but the Texans organization hadn't even came out with it yet. So 
now that he's asking to be traded, what do you think will be a good fit for him or a good situation? Right now, I'm going to be weird, and I have to do it per capita. And a team that's even relatively close enough to even afford Deshaun Watson, if he goes anywhere, would have to be a conference rival. It would be either the Colts or the Jags because they have the revenue and they have the rebuild resources to give him the team he wants. And they would be willing to listen because they have faced him on the field and they know how well off of a player he is. Now, if the Texans can pull some type of hat trick and get him to stay, that would be great too and try to work things out. But the Texas organization need to realize they can't do old school football. They can't do shut up and play football no more because these kids want chemistry. Prime example, KC, they all work together. They all have chemistry. And Andy Reid let that happen. Now, as an organization, you have to sit up there and see what works for your team to bring you championships. Yeah, um, looking, yeah, the Colts, I would say that's probably a better situation than Jacksonville because, you know, obviously the, the good portion of Jacksonville's defense is gone. All they have is Miles Jack that's still there. Now, I think Josh Allen is still there. But other than that, that's it. They have nothing to build around. The Colts' defense is, I think, is a solid defense. And, you know, it will be formidable for him. Plus, he got two two staples at running back with Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. Um, for me, I would probably say, and I know this might make you smile a little bit as I was thinking about it, he, he if, if Tom Brady decides to retire, whether he wins this Sunday or not, Deshaun Watson go to the Buccaneers. I mean, he got a good defense to play behind. He has nothing to worry about. Um, I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to be a backup, but my thought was always, you know, Pittsburgh maybe, only because of their defense. Um, what are some other teams out there? The Washington football team is another team. They have a young defense, and they don't have a quarterback. So, even though Alex Smith is there, Alex Smith is not Deshaun Watson. So, let's just tell it like it is. Um, let's see, another team, well, I would have said the Rams, but, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but the, definitely Pittsburgh and the Washington football team are the teams that I, I saw that maybe Deshaun Watson would be a good fit and be a good situation for him. Mm. And I And I feel that dearly, I feel that dearly, you know, Washington has developed a solid defense. You know, they have a pretty much all-around offense. They just need that one player to fill in their pocket. Um, Pittsburgh, if if Big Ben is able to take that pay cut and stay in Pittsburgh, that's fine. And if Deshaun Watson don't mind being a backup, probably maybe two to three games after the whole season because I don't think if Ben do come back, I don't think he's going to play a full season. He's he going to either some way be hurt or going to be too fatigued to actually play Every game. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other teams that may be, that I would consider. Like, I really thought about the Rams before the trade happened the other day. Um, let's see, who else is out there that's worth mentioning? Maybe even the Giants. No, I don't think the Giants is because they finally is clicking on all cylinders by the way they ended this season. And I think Daniel Jones is the guy they can lean on right now. I got to give him a full season before I can really jump on his bandwagon and say, hey, Daniel Jones is that man. But 
he really showed he really acted a fool this season. I'm not gonna lie. Like the first two, three games, I'm like, man, Daniel Jones, whatever. He's garbage water. But then he shows that he can he can read defenses. He can extend the play. And for for a guy who doesn't run, if you as a defense let this dude run a seventy eight yard run and then trip over his own feet. There's something wrong with your defense. And that means he if he can pick that up and take all that yardage like that, that means it's some it's something kicking in at the offense and you might not need to make any alterations for right now. Yeah. Um only reason I said the Giants because, you know, Saquon will be back and they do have a couple of receivers and they got Evan Ingram, who if he could just catch the ball, could be a top tight end in the league. So this next topic um, got to make sure we keep our emotions in check. Um, Chad Wheeler of, well, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks was arrested for domestic violence and he posted bail a few days later um, for basically trying to kill his girlfriend because she wouldn't bow to him. Um, I don't blame her. I wouldn't bow to him either when your rating is a 60 on Madden and you know, pe- people go through, go run by you like you a turnstile. So I-, I can see why you would want some kind of male domineering thing you want to do to a woman because you want to feel like you're superior because you were not superior to any of the people that you went up against. So you decided to choke your woman until she couldn't breathe, and then you had the audacity to say that. That uh, oh snap, you're still alive. So tell me your thoughts, and then I'm gonna get into it. First of all, Chad Wheeler is scum. I'm just gonna say it like that. Um, and then today's culture, because everything is being recorded and being said, we are seeing a picture of two Americas, man. And that goes into two different sports, two different businesses. It, it, it splits America into two different factions. One, how do you sit up there and you Daniel castrate Michael Vick and Ray Rice for what he did, for what they did? Ray Rice, they they did they they did they did business and they had to do what they had to do, and was all forgiven. No, y'all still attacking him for what they did. This man literally tried to kill his girlfriend. He tried to kill his girlfriend. Had Chad Wheeler been black, it'd have been all over the news. But because he's white, everybody's quiet about it. And the pick the piggyback on Ray Rice situation. Ray Rice's girlfriend spit on him. He punched her, knocked her unconscious. That was it. And I and I'm not saying either one of them are right or wrong, but I'm telling I'm looking at the severity of the situation. Chad Wheeler wasn't supposed to have no bail. That was attempted murder. Off the bat. If you sit up there and you choke somebody out and you beat the living snot out of them and you are surprised that it's still alive, that means one of two things. You you did not care about her soul. You didn't even care about who she was as a person. And you tried to kill her. There, You shouldn't even have no bail posted. Had there been a black man did that, he would have not made bail. And this would have been all over the news. And that bothers me. That shows me that America is still divided. If we were if we were all un, unified like we're supposed to be, this man's supposed to be under the jail already. Yeah. Well, 
with that, you know, when when I when I first saw the report, um, I was like, you know, Ray Rice, like it was caught on video, and he and he told the team, he told everybody what happened, how it happened, exactly how it happened. Oh, but because the video came out months later, and the severity of it looked worse than what he said, you know, he was, you know he was looked at as like, oh no, we can't have you in our league. And a lot of women came out and spoke about like, if he's going to be playing, you know, we, we want no part of it because there are a lot of females, no matter the color, I mean, color or race that you are, watch a lot of football and know a lot about football. If that wasn't the case, then we wouldn't have female assistant coaches and things like that in the league right now. Um, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you as it pertains to the Michael Vick situation, the Ray Rice situation, because Ray Rice, he, you know, he hit her and then she hit the rail on the elevator and she fell down. And then he somewhat kind of kicked her to shove her to try to wake her up and things like that. But there was no intent for him to try to kill her. And then on top of it, they still got married. Chad Will, on the other hand, literally tried to kill this woman and the the only thing that came out your mouth was, oh, snap, you're still alive? Like, that's a huge problem for me. That's a huge problem for me. And, you know, I hear all the time from, from black women that black men need to protect their black women. Well, what are you supposed to do when a black woman decides to go to a white man? Now, I'm not saying all white men are bad. That's that's not what I'm saying. So I don't want you to think that, oh, because this... This one fool decided he want to put his hands on the woman because apparently he can't put his hands on the man on the football field that um that I'm you know like like this dude here like he's trash he's dumpster juice whatever you want to call it insert anything negative in there and that's Chad <coughs> if you if you put if you look in the dictionary on the, uh for dumpster juice you'll see his picture period so. How is how can and in in a sense this is kind of twofold like right so black women are calling out black men to you know protect your black women but what happens when the black man does protect the black woman and when he does do that and the black and the black woman goes back to that man that just got done beating him what do you do then so it's now in this situation clearly you know she was she's fighting for her life because he choked her and things like that. But my biggest issue is that why is there no no news media outlet talking about this sports center, you know, ESPN, whatever channel, the news, national, I mean, like, this should be discussed on every news station, every podcast, no matter what kind of podcast it is, it should be talked about because domestic violence is happening every day, every day, especially men hitting, putting their hands on women because apparently... A man is a man is coward too coward to put it to fight another man, so he's gonna do it to a woman so he can feel dominant. No, that's not how that works. Women are or I'll even say this, I'll go on record and say women are the in more intelligent species, if that makes sense. They're they're more intelligent than men. So at the same time, you know, they're not gonna put themselves in a position to where like if you hit me, like, yeah, I'm not gonna stick around. You know, I can do better, which and they can. So for this dude to do what he did and the bail was only four hundred thousand dollars. So if he only pays ten percent, he he can still get out. Like the bail should have been like in the millions, like something he can't afford for so he can sit in jail. 
Are you kidding? 400000 That's it? Yep. And Plexigo Burris accidentally shot himself in the leg, and he did almost two years. But that that's for another conversation. Jesus Christ. It's, I don't... Ugh. Yep. So I'm in agreement with you also saying that we live in two different Americas because you got one person who had a seemingly looks like he had a smirk on his face after he did what he did and didn't care about what he did when you ask somebody, oh, snap, you're still alive, versus someone who really had compassion and a level of uh, who was real genuine in what he did. And he's been a huge advocate for trying to do better as far as domestic violence and things like that. Michael Vick has been doing so much as far as you know, being a, a pet lover, a dog lover, and things like that. And it's, 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 it's crazy how, because, and I tell people, and I told people this, outside of the incident with Ray Rice, what, 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 what else in a negative light has he done wrong? He hasn't because Ray Rice was not that kind of person to, to, to be in a negative line. Like, even at Rutgers, he was always an uh, honest person, upfront, outstanding person at school, even in the NFL. It was just one bad decision. That cost him his career. So, and then now Chad Wheeler is like, he's going to walk away from the NFL. No, you're not walking away. No one's going to sign dumpster juice. No one's going to sign dumpster juice. No one's going to sign the piece of trash you are, the piece of turnstile, old rusted, old busted turnstile that you are. Um, it, it's, 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 sad, it's sad to me how we as a as a country care more about dogs than we care about human life. Because again, I've always said this. If you call yourself a Christian and you say you hate people, then you're not a Christian. Or if you profess to be a part of some religion and you hate people because of they're not supporting the same religion as you, then you need to do away with that religion. Now I'm talking about people. I'm not concerned about animals. Because us as people are to have dominion and rule over these animals. Not, oh, let, let me let me treat my dog like 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 he's a child and let me put clothes on him and things like that. But if 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 your dog get caught in the street, trying trying to run in the street and get hit by a car, tough break. Shouldn't have been running out in the street. Mm-hmm. So, you know, us as men we yes, we need to take care of our black women, but at the same time, if black women, if you're gonna go back to the man that put his hands on you and we wash our hands with it, don't come complain to us saying that we need to protect our black women. So I'm gonna move on from that because we, we we can spend all day on that. So this year's Pro Bowl got canceled, but you know, players still got recognized and things like that. Some of the players were, you know, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, you know. The, the, the stars of, of, of the NFL got named. And uh, I believe the NFC won the the Pro Bowl, I like Madden style. I guess they had a simulated edition and played it in NFC, won the game. So go NFC, I guess. I don't know. Um, so the Texans hired David Culley and Deshaun Watson is still probably going to leave. Your thoughts on this hire? <laughs> okay. I had to do some digging on Mr. Cully. And 
he was the man behind the strings of the Kansas City offense when Alex Smith was there. Uh, his receivers didn't get no what's the name because he was a dink and dunk type of, type of guy. The running backs and the tight ends had more possession yards than all the receivers through his two years there. Then he was in charge of the Ravens offense. You see what the Ravens offense consisted of. Lamar Jackson escaping. And Lamar Jackson using his legs. Lamar Jackson proving that he's a great quarterback, but Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson. Not one time did I really just look at his stuff and saw Lamar really just be a pocket presence quarterback because I think you need to be a dual threat. You need to be good on your feet, good in the pocket. And for him to not what I see from him is that Lamar Jackson made it to the playoffs last year. He's still the same Lamar Jackson. You supposed to, when you are offensive coordinator, if you run any type of offense, the player that led you there, you're supposed to make him better. He is not supposed to be stagnant. What he's gonna do in in Houston, I don't know because looking at the guy, y'all just picked him just to try to shut up Deshaun Watson, and that ain't gonna work, buddy. Yeah, and they've also been trying to see if, if is he black or is he close to being black. You know, they don't know. My thing is, um, you know, listen to your quarterback because if he's going to be the face of your franchise, you might want to listen to him. And he purposely asked for Eric Bieniemy, and he didn't even get an interview for the Texans. That says a whole lot. Well, son, we just paid you $160 million, so go out there. You were you were about playing football, son, and we, we'll handle – the, the 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 big boy business stuff. Okay, now he wants to be traded out. Like David Cully, like, like he was saying, like like he was the how is it in twenty fourteen? No receivers got in got received got receiving touchdowns. Like and even like now in Baltimore, like watching Lamar Jackson, like he's having to do a uh you know drop the ball off to the tight end running back. Yeah, he may get a chance to throw to the receiver if he scrambles, but. The league is changing. The league is ever evolving. Not not saying that there's a, there's there's no place for uh, drop back and throw quarterbacks, but now you have to be a dual threat. I mean, shoot, Pat Mahomes is a is is a dual threat, so to speak. He can still run, but he chooses to stay in the pocket, or he can extend plays. The same with Russell Wilson. So the the game is changing, and him him as a Texan as a Texans coach, I've been laughing the entire time because I was like, who is who is this guy? Who is David Cully? Like, who is he? Like, where did he come from? Like, like you've had these uh, backup jobs for a reason, and all of a sudden you get a coaching job? Yeah. Let me know how that worked out for you, buddy. Um, Now, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. The bad man, Aaron Rodgers. So, do you think he should stay in Green Bay or should he leave? Um, I personally believe he should stay. Matt LaFleur needs to go. Uh, because his, you really, I'm put it like this. You left the game with them points in the playoffs while we still had to lead, my Buccaneers had to lead, and you decided to kick a field goal and trust your defense to get a stop. Yeah, they got three interceptions off of Brady. But if Brady got the ball back with two minutes left, 
he gonna find the he's gonna find those few two or three plays that we ain't worked on and just get three first downs and that's it. That's game. And that's exactly what happened. You should have went for it. You should have went for it on third. Aaron Rodgers should have ran, but I understand why he didn't run because they sacked him five times. Five times, my guy. Five times. You get sacked that many, your legs get a little wobbly and you don't want to run nowhere. You want to try to get rid of the ball quick. So, LaFleur needs to go. Aaron Rodgers is the, is the new face of Green Bay. I can't see him anywhere else. If you if I hear him in a Saints jersey or whatever, that, that, it'd still be unbelievable. I think Aaron Rodgers is Green Bay, and I think he should stay. I think LaFleur needs to go, but Aaron Rodgers can stay. Yeah. I'm going to say I don't think LaFleur should go. I think he should be an OC and someone else can come in and head coach because he's not a bad play caller. It's just that some of his decisions are is what you're saying is I don't I don't I trust my quarterback not enough to win me games. So you know it's you know it's one of the things where like you know you should, you know put put the ball in your playmaker's hand. Now if it was somebody like Jared Goff, yeah, kick the field goal, or if it was somebody like Carson Wentz, yeah, kick the field goal. But it's Aaron Rodgers. You put the ball in his hand and let him go to work. Fourth and goal, let him go to work and let him see what he can do. But other than that, don't don't take the ball out of his hand. And then now he's deciding if he want to leave or stay. I think he should stay too. Uh, maybe in this this year's draft, maybe you'll get a, another playmaker for him instead of getting a quarterback who's probably not going to see the field. Also, Eric Bieniemy, should he stay in KC? Or should he leave? Eric Bieniemy is a bad man. So if you want to stay in KC and get and get some old Super Bowls like that, that's fine. If you want to go somewhere else and get some old Super Bowls, that's fine. The dude has a knack for finding talent, and folk don't understand that. It's like they want to keep him at his position because they know he's gonna wreck shop as a coach. I really think if he becomes a head coach, whoever team he coaching, he going to build. He's going to build from the draft. And I think a lot of these, there's very few franchises out there that want to build from the draft. And if you let the enemy stay there three, four years, by year two, he's going to give you the team you need to succeed. But I don't think the NFL want to give that man that opportunity because I think he's a genius. And if you give a genius that type of role, he going to run with it, and he going to make some people look bad. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think he should stay. And I'm saying that he should stay because, let's say, Andy Reid gets a couple more Super Bowl rings with can with, with the Chiefs, with Pat Mahomes at the helm. Andy Reid can just, you know, sit sit on his horse and be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in the league company with other coaches that have multiple Super Bowl rings. I don't need to prove myself anymore. Eric being to me, here, you 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 take the reins. I, I think that that'll be a perfect fit for him. Um it it'll fall right in place for him and it'll be everything that, you know, he don't have to leave, you know, we might have to retool a couple of players here and there. Cause, you know, all these players are gonna gonna wanna get paid. You know, no one wants to and I never seem to understand this. Well, I'm it may be different in football because you got families to feed and things like that, but 
you know, I've always under this has always been my mindset. If I was playing professional sports, whether it's basketball, football, or baseball, as as long as I'm making good enough money and I'm not putting the, the team or the organization at a strain financially, I'll take a pay cut so we can get the players that we need to in order to get championships. So that's what it's all about. And you see in the NBA now as players get older in their in their careers, they, they're not necessarily worried about money. They want to get championships. You know, but you know, you should have been trying to do that to begin with. Like get a championship first and then get your money. That's how I look at it. I mean, don't wait till you lay in your career and then, you know, everybody wanna join the LeBron bandwagon to try to get you a ring, or at least put you in a position. So I think he should stay and I, I think him him being with the Chiefs will be will be a good fit and long lasting. So Still some football news. Um, Michael Strahan's ex-wife, the one that has the twins with him, is asking for more, more money after receiving $18.5 million plus 10000 a month in child support. Thoughts? Knowing Michael Strahan, his kids are covered. Knowing Michael Strahan... He's protected. So my question is to his wife, what are you? Ex-wife. Correct. Thank you for correcting me. His ex-wife. What in God's name are you doing with one hundred and twenty thousand a year, plus eighteen point five million? Where is that money going? Nine times out of ten, Strahan has gave you the house. He has given you the car. So what are you doing with that money? Because if somebody gave me 120000 a year plus $18.5 million on top, I'm set for the rest of my life. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I might be off the rails here. I don't know what these women go through to get that much money. I mean, because I got a feeling that Everything was well off and done because ain't no way in the world uh, a man as much a man as Michael Strahan is just going to cough up almost 19 mil and give you 120,000 in child support every year. You know, so I'm I'm guessing all the bases are covered because this is his second ex-wife, right? I believe so. So here's a catch. His first ex-wife ain't doing the same thing, so she must be satisfied, right? I believe so. I mean, and here's the thing, right? So she she's asking for more money, right? So because you're trying to live the life that your ex-husband is living, which I understand fine and dandy, but like the thing is, he's he's still working. You know, what are you doing to kind of balance yourself out? Um, you know what I mean? Like, Eighteen point five million plus ten thousand a month for the next, you know, for the next eighteen years. And I'm saying based on from two thousand six, and you know, it's like, you know, what, what, what more do you need? You want more money because you want to try to live somewhat close to the lifestyle that he's living. That man's going to work. That man got like twelve jobs because he has the provide for his children. Like he, 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 I'm not, not not saying that he's not living comfortably, 
anything like that. But he, he's working because he has children to take care of. He's wanting to leave a legacy for them, leave money for them. That way, if he leaves this earth, you know, he got to leave something for his children. You know, like, that's why he's working. That's why most parents work. Most parents work for their children. So that way, when, when, when they die, they have something to leave for them. You know, that's that's really how that goes. Like, it would suck for children to have to take care of all the bills for their parents. And, you know, and and their children are young and they, they don't know how to, you know, manage money, how to pay bills and things like that. So he's trying to put them in a position to where they are not hurting for anything. That's why he's working. So my question is to her, like, why aren't you working? Or why aren't you investing in something? Or why aren't you trying to find a skill? Like, this pandemic we've been in, like, people are learning how to do things on their own that they've never done before because they was never put in a situation to where they had to. Now, they're, and I'm saying them, but I'm also going to say we've been put in a position to where, hey, we need to find some things that we can do to help better ourselves and try to leave a legacy for our own children. So, stop being lazy. Get up off your butt and get to work. Do something. Budget. Do whatever. Because $18.5 million, you can, you can, you can get a house for that, for that, that point five, a, a nice size house. Or even if you want to spend a couple of meal on the house, you can do that. You know, the upkeep of your children, you get, you're getting, you're getting 120 a year. There's plenty of upkeep. I understand children grow. They know how to eat up a house, but come on now. Ain't no child eating up $120,000 a year. Even though they are twins. Just saying. So, also, um, Fantasia came out and said that women, and listen, I'm, I'm just a messenger. So, ladies, don't come after me. I'm just being a messenger. But uh, Fantasia said that women are trying to be the leader of the household, are trying to be the leader in, I guess, in the relationship, I should say. And that's why they can't find the man. I'm going to start on this one because not saying I need to get this off my chest, but it, it needs to be said. You know, I don't, I guess, should I, should I use a biblical term? Okay. All right. So in, in biblical terms, yes, the man and the woman are equal, right? So according to scripture, man, man, and man, man and woman are equal, but God gave man headship over the household because when things don't go according to plan, he's always going to go to the man first. Prime example with Adam and Eve. God didn't make a move until Adam ate the forbidden fruit. He didn't do nothing when the serpent was like, say my, you know what I'm saying? Look, won't you try this fruit, girl? It's good for you. You're going to be able to see all things and know all things, girl. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just paraphrasing. I'm putting my little flavor on the whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the serpent was like, yeah, girl, this is going to be good for you. You're you going to see real good. Like, you're like, like you going to have the best vision, better than 2020, shouted. So, so she bit of the fruit. And she was like, oh, my God, this is good. Babe, come here. Come here, babe. <laughs> come here, babe. And then he eat too. And then what's crazy is that Adam was right there the entire time and he didn't say nothing to do nothing about it. But in what but it wasn't until Adam ate the forbidden fruit. And I, and it was a fruit. Because it doesn't say what kind of fruit it was, 
So you got you got to you got to be you got to specify that it was a forbidden fruit, not an apple, not an orange, not a kiwi, not a grape. You know, whatever insert fruit. Fruit can be a number of things. So once Adam ate of the fruit, God came to Adam first because man is headship over the household. So. So with that being said, it's not, and it's not to say that women can't lead in the household, right? Because there are some areas in a marriage, and I'm only speaking from a marriage term because he and I are both married. So I'm speaking from a marriage term that there are some areas in a relationship that a woman is stronger than a man, right? So even though a man is the leader of that household, he can still be the leader of the household by giving, I'm going to say tools, but being able to understand that, okay, this is where I'm weak or not as strong as my wife is. So let me lean on her with this situation. Like I give you an example, in my household, my wife takes care of all the bills. I don't worry about anything. She, she knows where money is going. I don't ever have to worry about anything. She takes care of that because she's stronger in that area. Not say that I'm weak in it, but she's a lot stronger. She's, she's been doing it for longer than I have. So I don't take that away from her. At first, it was a struggle with it, but now I understand, hey, whatever it is, you know, hey, this is what's going on for the month. All right, cool. What do we need to send this? And I'm just like my grandfather. You know, I go to work, get the money here, babe. Here you go. Do whatever you need to do. But for, for women, if you're going to be able to keep a man, well, get a relationship with a man, keep a man, get married to him or whatever, you got to understand your position. You're not called to leave. Although you can lead in certain areas in a relationship, you are not called to lead. And I'm just speaking biblical term. Now, culture says differently. A woman can be independent. Do this, do that. But when you're married, you still got to talk to your husband. You can't just make a decision because you want to make a decision. You have to make a decision based on, on y'all two together because marriage is between two people, two imperfect people. Trying to figure this thing out. It's not just a piece of paper. It's not just oh, a, a business decision, a business commitment, whatever you want to call it. It's a partnership. And it should be a partnership that lasts lasts longer than a couple of years. I'm, 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 I'm going to shut up and let you talk. Thoughts? First of all, I'm going to need you not to do your best genuine impersonation as a snake. <laughs> Say, <Same>, man. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> you want some of this apple? You want some of this fruit? This fruit tastes so delicious. I know you want it, man. I don't know if the snake was speaking like that, but that was smooth. Um, there's a big difference when it comes to leaders or alpha people. Period. Um, I believe you can have a household of two alphas. The thing is, in today's culture. We're so babied. If you didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s, you're babied. And you have to learn certain things. And being babied led to some beta people. And most of them are men. There are some beta men out there. Now, I feel like in order for everything to work right, you have to have chemistry. And I feel like if a woman has worked her butt off and did what she had to do, and made certain sacrifices and things and she's on top and she did everything the right way she deserves somebody who 
can do the same thing, who can put uh, put themselves to the side and build themselves, you know? And the reason why women, alpha women can't find men because they're beta men. They don't know how to approach an alpha woman. I have plenty of alpha woman friends who who go on dates with these guys and they tell me their personal experience, and it always comes down to either they up, they bother because they make more money than them. That shouldn't be an issue, or that they bother because they so because they have a plan. That shouldn't be a problem, or they bother because they feel like they're coming on too strong. Explain what strong is. If she says she's interested and she would like to get to know you and she asks you out on a date, you know, I think we both on the same category. If, if the attraction is there, the attraction is there. You know, we it shouldn't. We living in a year now where a man shouldn't have to just approach a woman and be like, hey, shawty, what's going on? Let me get your digits. If a girl see a guy, now proposing to him, mm-mm. I don't think a woman should ever propose to a man. But if a girl see a guy, she feeling Hey, how you doing? I like your blazer. I was wondering if we can go out to lunch sometime. That's fine with me. But the reason why they a lot of alpha women cannot find and keep a man is because these men don't know how to handle an alpha woman. Yeah. Also, you know, I know culture says differently. That's why I don't always follow what culture says. And, and so... I'm in agreement. Like there, there are a lot of men who have not been taught how to pursue a woman, or how to be in a position where you know when you're approached by a woman, and just because a woman approaches you, that doesn't that that does not mean that she's pursuing you. That just means she's approached you, she like you, and probably see where things can go. But at the same time, it's like there are some women who try to compensate for what they lacked as a child growing up. And so by doing that, they figure that, oh, because they have X, Y, and Z, that that men are inferior to them. And that's not always the case because technically you just end up alone. So that's pretty much what that comes down to. So um, talk about a little more football. Um, Jared Goff has been traded to... The Lions for Matthew Stafford. Now, in that deal, um, the Lions get a third round pick in this upcoming draft, and they get two first round in 2022 and 2023. So, who do you think got the better end of the trade? Sorry, Detroit, but I have to say this your team is garbage juice. And you refuse to build around Matthew Stafford. The guy has a cannon. The guy has good field vision. But if you refuse to build around him, it's a problem. And then every two to three years, you change your management like you change underwear. It, that's a problem for me. So the winner out of this whole thing is Matt Stafford. He's already coming into a well-oiled machine of a team so he can make it work. Jared Goff. If you go to Detroit, you got to speak your mind, brother. Speak your mind. Let them people know what weapons you need and how to use them. Because, brother, it's going to be hard for you over in Detroit. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Well, I believe we, we will know 
how how the for me I'm looking at it like let's let's look at it three years from now. And I'm saying three years from now because we need to see who who they get who the Lions pick in this draft. Clearly, you know, if Jared Goff plays lights out, which I don't see him doing that. Um but you know, it it really depends on who who, who they get in the draft, like to, to compliment him. Cause they're kind of doing somewhat better on defense, but you know you got you need some weapons around you in the offense, and they got a couple of running backs, a couple of receivers, a tight end, you know maybe build a line, and just kind of go from there. Um, so I'm I'm gonna still I'm gonna wait a couple of years to see what happens, how it happens, and see what what forms. But at the same time, Matt, Matthew Stafford need to propel them at least to a NFC Championship game in the next couple of years. Because you got the defense. You got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best players at their position. The best players at their position. So, you know, we just got to wait and see. Um, Also, the Eagles need to fire their coach already. (laughs) Just call it like it is. Watch the interview, and I'm like, he, like, I don't even think he knew what he was talking about. Like, he did what, it, it reminds me of the movie The Wedding Ringer with Kevin Hart and Josh Gad where a dude was trying to give the uh, best man speech and he ripped up the paper and he was just trying to freestyle it and it didn't work out for him. That's what I saw from the Eagles coach. Like, he got to go already. Like, he was just trying to fall off the ringer. Um, we got a plan in place and we're going to follow this plan got this protocol, we're going to follow the protocol, and we're going to do the calculations and the (laughs) simulations and the simulations. And I was like, what'd he say? Or or, here's here's this one. (laughs) Um, I remember watching, was it Laughing My Pain? With Kevin Hart? No, not Laughing My Pain. It was, um, let me explain, (laughs) where he was up there, okay, Okay, Dooku got a like kick it, kick back. All right, let's ride. <laughs> what did he say? What what did he say? Because I didn't get what he said. What you think about the Eagles coach? <laughs> First of all, you, you you didn't say it right. They have systems in place, and with these systems, they gonna have plays, and with these plays, it's gonna build chemistry with the team, and with the team, it needs chemistry, and then chemistry gonna go into the system, and the system gonna come from these plays that they're gonna create within the system for these players to play. <laughs> oh, right. yes, right. <laughs> but oh my god, um, I have never in my life seen a more muffed up. Uh, I think he didn't want the job. They called him up. I think his wife made him take the job because he's not ready for that position at all. He came up there. You can see his look on his face was like, what did they do? Why am I in this position? I was just fine being cozy. Now I got to sit up here and be a leader for this whole team. I I was good behind the scenes. All right. (laughs) Let's ride. (laughs) And he up there just stuck. So he ripped up his cards and just tried to go from the head, and it didn't go out for him. So, Philly, I feel sorry for you. Hopefully, y'all have a productive season with Jalen and 
he does does do some productive things, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. So obviously this Sunday we we were gonna get to this and we got to get to it now. So Super Bowl Sunday is this Sunday, and I believe both of us got to work. So um, we we could probably tell you about the game and what we saw. I'm probably gonna record it and watch it later because you know. That, that, that's what I like to do because I have peace and quiet and I can dissect about what I see and things like that. Um, so it's the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, a.k.a. the Kansas City Pat Mahomes versus the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Um, obviously, he's picking the Buccaneers. Yes, indeed. So we're coming on the record and making a bet. The loser has to buy the other lunch. And it'd be nothing over twenty dollars, so probably go like Chipotle or something like that. I don't know. What you know? What, it, what uh, I'm, I'm trying to get healthy, so I'm, I, for me it'll probably be Chipotle or something like that. I, I, I probably break the bank with that twenty dollars with Chipotle. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the loser buys lunch. So probably mon- probably next Monday after the podcast, we'll probably go out to lunch, and I'm gonna go and say he's buying. <laughs> Um, I would like a a burrito with extra chicken and rice and black beans and the brown rice. I'm just telling you what my order is because I know my Bucks gonna win. It's it's, it's all down here for them. They're gonna win. All right, G- give me a score. <laughs> um, thirty-one twenty-eight Bucks. I like that. I was thinking something similar, but I'm gonna say thirty-eight thirty-five Kansas City. Because I believe it's going to be a high-scoring game. Not not saying that the defenses aren't going to, you know, make plays here or there, but I believe Pat Mahomes is going to get the ball last, and he's going to work that Pat magic, that Patrick magic. So, so now, that, that's my thought. Now, if Tom Brady can eat up, because here's the thing. First half, I'm not worried about. If Tom Brady can eat off a lot of clock in the second half – and minimize the Chiefs' scoring drive and do a lot more runs and don't do the deep ball to give the Chiefs back the ball. Just run the ball, do a couple of dink and dunk plays, just get a ton of first downs, and then score. Eat up the clock because what you don't want to do is give Mahomes an opportunity to score back as soon as you score because ain't nobody finna stop Tariq Hill no matter what defense you're in. All you can do is just give him his yards. But you minimize the touchdowns, but don't get them in his yards. So. Yeah, and then, like, you remember last time they played, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first half. So, yeah. Anyway, so um, the the Rooney rule, because, you know, we've talked about the coaching carousel and coaches getting hired, and, you know, they're, they're still working that needs to be done as it pertains to the Rooney. The Rooney rule is basically giving the uh, black quarterbacks an uh, interview for a head coaching job. You know, there are only very few black coaches, head coaches, I should say, and and just about the same amount as black GMs. So, you know, and and, and I'll say this. For me, it, it doesn't matter, matter the gender or your race. If you're qualified to do the job, I'll support it. But if you're running the team in, into the ground, then, hey, it's time for you to let that organization go. You know, prime example, um, the 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 Miami Marlins have a female general manager, right? So, 
Don't know much about her, but she's been working in baseball for years, and she's given this opportunity. So, give her opportunity. Let let her do what she's supposed to do, and go from there. Like, and even now, like I said, there are women assistant coaches and things like that in the NFL and in the NBA. Like, they're getting involved. You know, if if they're qualified, if they have the criteria, if they have the knowledge, I say give them the opportunity. Don't 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 shorten or don't limit them because of whatever their race is, whatever their gender is. Unless you like, well, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to stop right there on that. All right. Um, Robin Hood, a.k.a. Blocking the Hood. Your thoughts? Okay. I came across this the other day. Folks from Reddit bought a bunch of shares into AMC, GameStop, and folks will be coming Rich almost overnight. Folks clashing in at a hundred and twenty thousand for selling. Uh, one guy was clocked in at two hundred and twenty thousand for selling his stock. And boy, I, them hedge fund babies was mad. And uh, they got to see what was going on. And Robin Hood say, "Oh no, y'all can't cash out no more. You can't cash out your sales no more." And folk were mad. It was like, "Why we can't cash out? This is this market's been the same way for all these years." And he says, oh, it's because the market is becoming volatile. No, it's because the middleman is getting rich. <laughs> and the folk who the game was designed for, other players have entered the tournament. So, at the end of the day, you blocking people because you don't want them to make money the same way you made it. Well, let me see your take on it. Well, that's kind of how it is. You know, we want everybody to... Well, not not saying me and him personally, but we want to see everybody do good, just never better than us. So that's that that that's my take on it. Like, you know, people are making money. We're like, hold on, wait a minute, let's 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 stop this. Let's 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 not let's not let's not let them make too much money. You know, you know that's what happened with the Black Wall Street. You know, they was they was making so much money. You know, to the point where they had to put a halt. But why? Because they found a way to be self-sufficient without you. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. So, all right. NBA. NBA. The Clippers are atop of the NBA rankings. No surprise there. They have the best record right now in the league. But that's going to change. But even if it doesn't change, even if the Clippers ride it out till the end of the season with the best record, um, for the Lakers, it don't even matter. They got a chip. All it takes is when they when they when they get in the playoffs, it, it's a whole different animal. And of course, season LeBron and playoff LeBron are two different LeBrons. So that's that's my take on it. Um, the Nets question: Are they contenders or are they pretenders? Um, after that debacle of a loss they had with Bill and Westbrook. They need work. Right now, they pretending. I don't know what made – I was on that boat at first when Kyrie and Durant was just together. Then you throw Harden in the mix and Harden wasn't even in the game. When I see that, I don't think they gelled up enough to actually be something strong. But I could be wrong. I'm a skeptic. You can prove me wrong at the end of the season and make a, uh, a postseason run and go all the way to the chip on it. But for right now – it is a bunch of men and a bunch of jerseys making money. 
<laughs> um, I don't think they're pretenders. I think that they're going to have um, the road to them getting to the finals is not going to be as easy as they think it will be. Um, I think Miami will get it together. I believe Boston will get it together. Philly, if they can remain healthy, they'll get it together. Um, but I, I don't know. Like it's 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 not enough as you know you know as they say it's not enough basketballs to go around because somebody's gonna want the ball at the end of the game. I mean, and you can say, "Oh, I'm gonna give it to the hot man." Well, I, I'm you know whatever what the hot man. You know, gets cold all of a sudden. You gonna still rely on him, or you gonna figure it out? And that's gonna be up to Steve Nash to tell these star players no. Like Rondo had to tell the uh, the big three in Boston. Rondo had to be able to tell them no. So when it comes down to late game situations, um, that that's what it's gonna depend on. So. The Jazz had an 11-game winning streak, and it got snapped by Denver because the Joker dropped 47 on them. And, yeah, that's how that ended. Also, the Lakers and Celtics rivalry was renewed this past weekend. The Lakers won 97-96. Ooh. That was a good game, but it's always a good game when the Lakers play the Celtics, even when the stars are not aligned. Also, so a couple of other things to, to dive into real quick. So there's this guy named by the name of Craig Telfer, who in my opinion can't cut it as being a man. So in 2014, no, 2016, he was ranked 200 in the in the 200 hurdles, I believe. And in 2017, he was ranked 390. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to be a woman. In 2018 and in 2019, he won first place in the women's hurdles. And I was just like, so you couldn't do it as a man. So you decided to change your gender so you could feel superior? Yeah. That ain't cool at all. Not even a little bit. I am the least bit impressed. Um, thoughts? Transgender people in sports. Um, first, let me get this out of the way. I'm not... Pro LGBTQ or anti LGBTQ, whatever you do, is whatever you do. I'm still gonna respect you as a human being that you were created. Get that out the way. Now, when it comes to transgender sports, I am sorry. When a man wants to participate in women's sports, he still has a genetic advantage over the women. Just like when a woman want to play a male sport and when they want to become men. They have the genetic disadvantage. And folks don't understand, folks are not seeing that it's more men becoming women to participate in certain sports to be number one. And, you know, folks may be upset when I say this, but men are becoming more and more stupid nowadays in reference to what they want to be better than. And there's men out here saying, I could be a better woman than you can. So that's what I'm going to do be the best woman I could be as a man. And, it bothers me that I see plenty of women out there who work their butts off and work hard, but put blood, sweat, and tears on to be swindled by a man who didn't have to put much effort in it at all. Like, even in the movie Joanna Man, like, Miguel Nunez couldn't cut it as a ball player in the movie as a man, so he became a woman. 
and he was dominant, right? <laughs> like, come on, like, it's not even fair. Imagine, like, imagine me, let's, let's say in my 20s, I'm 6'2", 240, 250. I, I become a woman and I'm playing against women. I, I, I dominate easily, hands down. Like, it would, it would be too easy for me because I would dominate. I'm stronger, more athletic. I can do more things with the basketball. I ain't got to dunk it. All I got to do is put the ball in the hoop. And, you know, there was no woman that was going to check me. Just saying. Even even today, like, if I was to play now, like, you could, I mean, of course, if you try to get a WNBA player to go up against me, I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to let her beat me or whatever because I'm a guy. And there's a sense of pride that goes on with that. But you know, at the same time, I'm not gonna change because I can't cut it as a in in men's sports. No, that's ridiculous. Why, why, why do that? No, that's not cool. Not even a little bit. Women do work hard to get to where they are. They they put the work in, put the time in for the women that actually do put the work in. They put the hard work in, the dedication to that sport for all for a man to decide to be like, Nah, I'm gonna do that. No, I'm, I'm going to try to dominate. No, that, that's that's not what's up. Not even a little bit. So, you know, now we're in a day and age where movies are being remade. You know, you got the Aladdins, the Lion Kings. Um, what other movies are being remade and things like that. So, there have been some discussions about the bodyguard being remade. Right. So I'm you know, some some moves need need to be just left alone. So with the rumor of the new the new bodyguard um that's that's supposed to be coming out, Channing Tatum is is gonna play Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner and they got Cardi B is gonna play Whitney Houston's role. What are your thoughts? If it's remade for the culture as it is now, it could be pulled off. Now, if y'all trying to stick with the same sentiments of the original movie, bleh, it's not going to do well. Um, I respect everybody's right to creativity and the piggyback on what you said. It's getting very tiresome to have to deal with another remake of movies. Now, some remakes came out spectacular. Like the Lion King visual remake, I enjoyed it. I totally enjoyed it. You know, I was jamming Be Prepared the whole time, and I had a blast watching the movie. Some remakes, Aladdin, garbage. Whoa. 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 Did you just say Aladdin was garbage? I didn't like it. What didn't you like? It 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 didn't sit well with me. This is me. It didn't sit well with me. Like I feel like I'm 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 sorry. He about to get fired on the podcast already. (laughs) It's only his second week, and he about to get fired. We can have disagreements, brother. I know that, but. Aladdin was awesome. 
I I guess that I came in with too many high expectations of what Will Smith would contribute to the movie because I enjoyed the original Aladdin with Robin Williams. And I feel like when folk do things that Robin Williams was in, you have to pay a specific type of homage to that man because he had he kind of set the role up. And I feel like Will tried to put his own twist on it, but it didn't sit with me. And it and and, and the movie just fell flat to me, to me. And I, cause I saw you look crazy when I said the Lion King was good. You're like, huh? so we this our first little argument. Yay, we showed they were human. <laughs> okay. So, Aladdin, like I understand what you're saying about Rob, Robin Williams setting the tone, but you got to think about it like this. Outside of Will Smith, could you have put anybody else in that role to play the genie? Like, like you have to really think long and hard about who who would be the per, who would be the perfect fit, a person that could play multiple roles in movies. Like, you have to you have to really dig deep, really dig deep about it. And honestly, yeah, there was hype on Aladdin, and, and y'all, I'm not gonna fire him. So we, we, we've been friends way too long for me to fire him, but. <laughs> Like, like I really had to sit and think about, like, outside of Will Smith, who would be the perfect person to play in that role? Like, Michael B. Jordan? Nah. nah. He he too, he too, um, too too serious. Um, it's like, like I'm I'm really like trying to think about who who could play who could play that role, and it's just like there's there's no one but Will Smith that could play it. I mean, when it comes to the energy being presented. For that role, he's the closest to it. Let's put it like that. You know, and like I said, to me, it was a different movie. I, 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 to whoever like it, I'm not going to knock you for liking it. To me, it didn't go right with me. But I will give credit where credit was due. Folk who enjoyed the movie say they loved the movie. And they some of them even bought it. They got it at home or whatever. And, I mean, it painted a pretty good picture with Will Smith and the rest of the cast. That's that's what they feel about it. But to me, it feels short. But back on the Cardi B situation, if it's for the culture, if it's like based on a rap bodyguard or something, something within the elements of uh, urban and street, I'll, I'll, I'll try to investigate and see what happens to get my two cents later. But in reference to... Trying to mimic it from the original bodyguard—that's gonna be a complete waste of time and money. Right. I mean, and and that part I do get. I understand that. Like, I'm not gonna be like, you know, it, I'm not expecting it to be the same. But it was the same thing for the Latin. Like, it's not gonna be the exact same. Like, you know, Will Smith did put his flavor on it, but for for this bodyguard movie, I'm the reason I'm not sold on it is because. Like they can find no other woman. I'm sorry, no, no disrespect to Cardi B, but I mean, I would probably feel the same way if it was Beyonce too. Just so, gonna disrespect Bacallus Almanzar, huh? No, that's her real name, Bacallus Almanzar. You gonna disrespect her like that? Well, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, <laughs> um, not trying to disrespect or anything like that. However, I'm just like, mm, like they can find nobody else, like. I guess. Anyway, so college basketball. Gonzaga and Baylor are still at the top of the polls. 
Um, they set themselves apart clearly because they're one of the very few teams that's still undefeated. Um, so my question is now, like, you know, with the coaches, like Coach K getting older, um, Coach at UNC, Bill Self, Coach Calipari, Roy Williams at UNC is who I was thinking about. Like, um, when these coaches leave, you know, who are going to replace them? And, like, it's, it's, only, it's only so many good coaches that are still out there that are young that's out there. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago I mentioned about Nate Oaks, how he was talking about how he was trying to he was trying to talk about Coach K because Duke is not looking like Duke, but because there are no fans and things like that, and he came after. Him. But watching Alabama play, I was you know I was impressed. I was impressed with what I seen from his team, but it's the SEC, like outside of Kentucky. Who else are you playing? Oh, Auburn, Tennessee, I'm sorry. Yeah, who are you playing? So, that's that. Um, speaking of Duke, Duke and North Carolina played this Saturday. Of course, I'm rooting for Duke. Go Blue, Blue Devils. Blue. Be respectful. Um, also in college basketball, man, Pioneer. And John Chaney passed away this past weekend. This past week, I should say. Um, he coached at Temple. And, I, you know, the record speaks for itself. You know, he, you know, outside of basketball, he helped boys become men. And that, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, because basketball only lasts so long. Playing at the collegiate level or professional level only lasts so long. Also, um... The Cougs are going to be a scary team to play in the tournament. Yes. Um, I, I, I give them a, a Final Four bid. What you think? Um, I agree with you on that. Uh, I was just finishing up some more research on them because um, I've been hearing them in the news lately. And I don't know who's going to stop them. Like, right now, these kids have a chemistry. These kids have a goal, a common goal. And from the highlights, they don't mind sharing the ball. That they play old school basketball, and I am enjoying it because in a league with a bunch of shooters and no defense, U of H has set themselves apart by being able to handle the ball properly. And being able to defend the ball properly. I've been looking at the scores of some of the games they win. They won landslide victories, but you can tell their defense had an influence. They they played both sides of the court, which is beautiful. They keep if, if none of these kids decide to go elsewhere and they still keep their chemistry, they're gonna be one one of the most dominant teams this year, next year, and the year after. Yeah, and it would be something, man, if the if the Cougs Win it all, and of course, you know the UA U of H alumni would definitely be in support of them. The Clyde Drexels of the world, and the Hakeem Olajuwon's, and the Man. Michael Youngs, and all of them boys from U of H would be definitely in support of them um, if they they get to the chip. So, speaking of the chip, let's just throw out the new a, a neutral field on the neutral court. Gonzaga and Baylor played each other. Who you think will win? Because it, it could happen 
in the national for for the national championship. In reference to what I've known, the products of Gonzaga, I would have to lean on Gonzaga because they've been a very steady basketball team. I I haven't really just seen them have a garbage season. Whereas Baylor had a pickup, fall, pickup, fall. So I'm just going based on Gonzaga with consistency of the products they produce. Um, I would probably say Baylor only because and don't get me wrong, it's no knock on Gonzaga. They got they got NBA players in the making with Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs. You know, their their whole starting five could probably start in the NBA. That that's how good their starting five um, is. But so is Baylor's starting five. It's really going to come down to who who makes the least mistakes. But I will pick Baylor in a close game, not not in a blowout or anything like that. I would it would definitely I would definitely say Baylor in a close game. Maybe Baylor's defense, you know, plays hard the last two minutes. But man, Jalen Suggs is no slouch um, on the court, and he's only a freshman. A freshman. Yeah. And he played quarterback in high school. And and he's running the show like Chris Paul. So, <sighs> yeah. I, I, I pays attention. So, a little baseball news. Um, Dustin Pedroia is retiring. It's about time. He's been injured the last three years. Only played like six games. But much respect to him. He helped Boston get a couple of World Series championship so no disrespect to him George Springer gone to the Blue Jays <laughs> that's another championship for him yep well not well we don't know you still gotta go through the Yankees in the uh, American League East we'll see about that Jack Peterson left the Dodgers after he got a Marine and went to the Cubs the Cardinals trade for Aaron Nato, third baseman Man, that lineup is going to be crazy with him and Paul Goldsmith. You think so? Yeah, he's a good hitter. The only difference is I don't think St. Louis is as much of a hitter's park as Colorado as Colorado is at Coors Field, but he'll sit back at the rate. Also, um, with the season looming around the corner, who do you think is going to challenge my Dodgers? <laughs> Uh, hmm. Hmm. The only team that's available pretty much got dismantled after they won their championship last year. And that was, I think, the only team I think would, if they would have kept everybody, would have been Washington. But shoot, once they won their championship, three or four of their best people went off their roster and went elsewhere. So, to be honest, a lot of people this season. I don't really see a, a team that can actually get in the way of the Dodgers getting another chip. I really don't. Um, but the way baseball been working these last five years, it depends on how hungry the teams want it when it comes playoff time. Because they all quiet now. You know, I was quiet on the front now, but around about the end of the season, you start seeing super teams built up by the kids you – that was in the AAA leagues, and they just decided just decided to want to play ball. Like, really, where did you come from? Why are you weren't showing this earlier this season? Yeah. So, um, speaking of baseball, no one was selected in this year's Hall of Fame because of steroid use and all this other crap. Um, 
So Kurt Schilling has came out and said for his 10th year, he don't want to be on the ballot, which is understandable. But as long as the Baseball uh, Players Association vote him in as a Hall of Famer, it doesn't matter what the writers say. Because most of the writers never played. So I can definitely agree with him on that. Um, also, we got to pay respect to the to the late, great Miss Cicely Tyson. Yes. She passed away, man. What an awesome actress, philanthropist. Um, just, I never met her personally, but she was, I'm assuming from what I've seen that she was fun to be around. Um, she was very loving and she always shed a light where, wherever there was darkness. Your thoughts? I'm glad Cicely got her roses and her flowers before she left. She had all the recognition before she left. She paved the way for a lot of people. Um, looking at her career, she did so much and was still ticking. And when she was finally called home, you know, it hurt. But then, you know how somebody can pass away and you know that they've done great things? It, it made me, I, I feel like she passed away, but she accomplished so much more. And it's a lot of people she worked with that she influenced, and all they're going to want to do is do everything in their best judgment to to show her her respect. Yeah, and she, you know, she was phenomenal, and she, you know, all her movies, she like she was always this bright light that that no one could dim. So, and she played every role as if it was her last. So, you know, rest easy. You know, rest peacefully. You know. Your, your legacy will live on because the the outpouring of people that applauded you for what you did while you were here will be twice as much now that you're gone. So, final thoughts. Um, saw a picture of this guy with his daughter and his daughter's date or whatever, and the father had a gun pointed at, at the young man. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, um, when it comes to dating, uh, I have to be an adaptive parent. This culture is so mind blowing because information is coming to our kids so fast and you don't want them to grow up, but you have to realize they going to grow up anyway. Um, as a father, I'm going to be protective of my kids. But I'm also going to be protective of the kids that's interacting with my kids. I want to make sure that they're safe, too. Now, if my daughter likes a little boy or whatever, and she brings him home or whatever, I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to be protective. But also, I want to see if, the, if that little boy's upbringing will be able to protect her and look over her. I'm not looking for anything in future reference, but if they go out somewhere and things get heated, what are you going to do? Are you going to escalate it? Are you going to de-escalate it? Are you going to be smart about it? Are you going to even call me like, yo, Mr. Martin, something going on, Papa, we need your assistance. You know, what angles are you going to go from there? And then if you do it in a manner that I see be fitting, oh, yeah, round two, round three, y'all can date as much as you want because you displayed to me what type of behaviors y'all going to have when y'all by yourself. Right. And for me, I'm I'm old school in, in this situation, right? So 
when I was growing up and I would go out on dates or I called girls my girlfriend, I would always go meet their parents. Or if it was just one parent in the house, I would meet that one parent because I want them to know who I was and things like that so that they know that, hey, the person that they're dating is not just some tomfoolery uh, off the street. And I was always well-mannered because uh, that's how I was taught. So even to this day, my uh, oldest daughter, she's a teenager, and obviously she wants to date boys, which that's great, fine and dandy. However, I've explained to her, and even I'm going to do for her little sister and even her little brother, when when, when they get of age, uh, that I'm going to be your first date. Well, my son's situation, I'm going to show him that you know, his mother is going to be his first date because by, by showing them, by showing them what it is in the household first, they know that, 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 that there's an expectation that needs to be met. Not, not fully, but in a way that, Hey, this person is respectable. This person respects me, respects my, my, um, you know, my womanhood or whatever you want to call it and things like that. And for my son, you know, his manhood, you know, so I told him, I told my oldest daughter right away. I was like, Hey, any boy that said, want to be your boyfriend, I need to meet him. And, and if that boy says to you that he doesn't want to meet your dad, he's not the one for you, period. Because any, any boy or any adult male who claims himself to be a man and says he doesn't want to meet your father. That's basically what he's saying was, I, I don't, I want to go against everything that you've been taught because what you've been taught is wrong. And that's not the case. So that that's my take on that. And like I said, even, even for my son, like I'm, I'm going I'm to tell him, Hey, when you're going out with your mother, open up her door, pull out her chair, you know, do, do all of that. Treat, treat her, like you treat her as treat her like you would expect me to treat your mother. You know what I mean? So it, it it's gonna be that level of respect that, that has to be taken. And like I said, I'm I'm gonna welcome anybody that comes in the house, right? I'm gonna welcome anybody that my daughters date. I'm gonna welcome anyone that my son dates. When I, I'm a, I'm when I mean welcome them like I'm gonna let, let you in the house, hey, how you doing? I'm gonna be cordial and things like that. But if I see something that I feel that's not right, hey son, baby girl, hey I don't, mm -mm, something, something about him is is fishy, like like that serpent, that old serpent. Say ma, what's good, shawty? You know, <laughs> <laughs> won't you bite this fruit, shawty? Know <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, shawty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, girl, you know what I'm saying? You know I love you, right? Yeah, no, we're going to weed all that out. We're going to weed all that out. Because I've, I've told my oldest daughter, like, I used to be a boy. I, I know I know how boys think. <laughs> so, trust me, I, I, I am the right person to tell you about boys. How they think, how they operate. So, with that being said, um, obviously, I don't own the rights to any of the music that I play. So the song you heard was I Have a Dream by Derek Miner. Check it out. Listen to it. I hope you like it. You know, it's a good song. It talks about what we deal with today and what we've dealt with in the past. Um, and as I say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. 
Again, this your boy Daydrin. And Steven. And this is the Cush Potato Podcast. And until then, we are signing out. Peace.